good to be with you tonight. Especially good tonight. Yesterday afternoon, I left here around 1.30 or 2 o'clock to go register Nancy's new car. And somewhere along the line, the power of God hit me. The healing power of God to the point where when I came back home, I was running. Just like Marie was doing in here tonight. <laughs> to the point where I pushed it so hard. No, but you know, you got to understand how hoopers operate. Um, if something is good, give her. If they tell you take one pill, take four. <laughs> And so, yeah, so I'm a little bit uh, slower today, but but feeling so much better. But, you know, sometimes you just walk these things out and suddenly, boom, suddenly things shift, suddenly things change. Hallelujah. And I was going to run tonight, but I said, no, I'm going to save it for a Sunday service. And it's not going to be a little loop like you did, Marie. I'm going the track. You went to thrice. I was watching. You didn't go anywhere. Come on, girl. <laughs> so the title of this message was inspired by this shirt. For those of you that can't see it, it's a Harley Davidson shirt. And it's a very nice shirt. And somebody came up to me one day and said, um, well, that's a Harley Davidson shirt. They, you pay 200 or $300 for that. And they walked away. And, I, and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, hmm. So, uh, so I went... And, and again, I don't look at tithes and offerings because I don't want to treat people, you know, based on what they do. But anyway, I went and looked this one up. <laughs> and there was nothing for months. So then I, when I was walking by the shirt the other day, I said, Nancy, I want that shirt for Thursday night. Because I want to talk about life is a series of choices, not a series of chances. And the choices that you make today determine your destiny. So, you know, we, you know, she was, they were, she was, the, <laughs> they were struggling. And I remember, like, I remember when we liquidated our house and everything else just to get in the ministry. We were, we started the ministry. We were thirty or forty grand in the hole. I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't any fun. But years later, years later. We're moving into our new first new home in Lawrencetown on January the 10th on my birthday. It was two months late, I thought. But, but God did it on my birthday to let me see. And then every time we've moved since, we've made at least 100 or 150,000 bucks on every deal we did. I mean, how does that happen? It happens by tithing and giving offerings and trusting God. A Harley shirt, she was all bummed out about a Harley shirt. You could probably go to Value Village and find one on the rack. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so again, life is, life is a series of choices, not a series of chances. And with that in mind, we're going to go to Matthew 12, and verse 43, because uh, we started there on Sunday, last Sunday. And it really spoke to me because I had been asking God why the church seemed to be. By the way, the biggest revival the world's ever seen is it's 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 already started. So just because you don't see it with your natural eye, begin to see it in the spirit now. Begin to see everything that you've been believing God for suddenly manifesting so you can run down the hall with me like I did yesterday. Hallelujah. 
Glory. But anyway, when I began to ask the question, this was the verses that God gave me initially. Matthew 12, verse 43. And I'm reading primarily out of the Passion Translation because I'm just addicted to it lately, it seems. When a demon is cast out of a person, like when you got born again. I, I don't know about you, but I, I had devils. I wasn't living in the tombs like this guy, but I, you know, but, but like the madman of Gadara, I was living in the bars downtown. Same thing. Same thing, living amongst the dead. Couldn't buy me with chains. The cops would arrest me and throw me in the back of a paddy wagon, and I'd ride off the inside of the paddy wagon. Just violent. Anyway, enough of me. (laughs) When the demon is cast out of a person, it roams around a dry region looking for a place to rest, but never finds it. Then he says, I'll return to the host that I moved out of. And so he goes back and finds the host vacant, warm, and ready to move back in. Just like after the war in Ukraine, you really need to, I mentioned this last week, you really need to pray that when it, now that the churches are full, that when the war is over, they won't trick, you know, slip back into their, the land is occupied by an enemy right now, but your land will always be occupied. There's no such thing as a vacuum in your life. It's either full of God or full of the devil, or somewhere full of faith or full of fear. There's, there's always something going on. It's, you, even faith is not in a state of flux. It's like, hey, these things are moving and alive. One day you can believe God for, a, you know, to move a mountain, and the next day you can't find your car keys. That's the way it works sometimes. It's like God spoke to me at my heart just a while ago, and he said, uh, he said, the chances of you making a mistake are 100%. You're not God, you're Gary. The chances of you making mistakes are 100%. It's your response to those mistakes. What's my response? Lord, I missed it. And if you don't help me, I'm going to miss it again. If I could, if I could change myself, this New Year's resolution would work. If I could really change myself, then all of the tr- things that I tried to do would be activated in my life right now. But I have found out that that's not, oh, I mean, you can, there's chapters in Chapters Bookstore. Go and look at all the self-help books. None of it helps. <laughs> Remember John, John Maxwell, Pastor Paul? We, we used to get John Maxwell, and it was called, uh, what was it called? Enjoy Life. Those things, every, they used to make me so angry every month. No, it's all motivational is good, but it's everything that I was not. And, no, and the last thing that you need to have pointed out is things that you're incapable of changing on your own. I'm not saying that it's all bad or anything. Please don't get me wrong about that. I, you know, we're always pressing forward, but it's not a work of the flesh. It's a work of the Spirit. I'm being changed from glory to glory into the image of my Lord Jesus Christ as I yield to the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, as I yield to Him... The change agent, the, ch- the true change agent comes in. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word is what does the work. It's the word. That's why he said in 
uh, Philippians 4, 13, 2.13, 2.12, he says, to work out your own salvation. But 2.13, he says, for it is he, him, the word that works in and through you to both the will and to do of his good pleasure. It's the word that does the work. The word, when you put the word in, the word does the work. No word, no work. Just, but don't, don't try to struggle. Go find some Bible. Anyway, so here's this guy. He's vacant and warm. He found the host vacant and warm and ready for it to move back in. So he went and looked for seven devils worse than himself. And I've experienced this exact same thing in my life. Anyway, we'll get into that right now. <laughs> no, but it was back in the 80s, okay? Yeah. More evil than himself, and they enter in to live there. Then the person's condition is much worse than it was in the beginning. Look at, then the next verse says, this describes what will also happen to the people of this generation. Life is built by a series of choices, not a series of chances. And I've watched, you know, Matthew chapter 24, and verse 12, it says, the love of many will wax cold as lawlessness prevails. And I've watched it all around me. And it, and it could, if I let it, it could discourage me if I had not seen the promises of God. If I had not seen, arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord's risen upon you. In the world there's a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but my glory shall be seen upon you. Kings and influential people will come to the brightness of your rising. Your heart will reverence and be enlarged because the abundance of the Gentile nations will be converted onto you. I mean, he said there was a darkness in the world and a gross darkness upon the people. Well, that, but don't stop there. Read the next verse. But, but, but God's glory shall be seen, something visible upon you. You're the one. There's not another generation after this one. This is it. You're it. You were chosen. You could have lived 100 years ago and you've been, you know, riding a horse to church if you got there at all. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm saying, no, we got a better deal now. I like showers. I, I like baths. I like any of that stuff 100 years ago. So be glad that you were born in this last generation with all the trouble that it has. Amen. So don't let them find you empty. Don't let them find you unoccupied or preoccupied. That's why he said, submit yourself unto him, uh, 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 a living sacrifice, your reasonable service. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to give your life to me and to be transformed by my word so that you can prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God for your life. And again, Joshua 1 and verse 8, he said, Joshua, it's not up to me whether you succeed or fail. He said, if you'll meditate, mutter, utter, and speak this word day and night, then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Oh, God, please help me. He did. He gave you his exceeding great and precious promises that you can partake of his divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. You can do it. God said you could do it. Well, I don't know when I can do it. You can do all things. He said this in Philippians 4.13. He said you can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing, which strengthens you. It doesn't say a he's going to strengthen you. It says you can do all things through Christ, which 
strengthens you in the, in the proper translation. The anointing that you have, the anointing that's on you. First John 2.27 says, you have an unction, you have an anointing from God, and you have no one to teach you. Well, that doesn't mean you don't need a teacher, but what it means is a teacher can bring you information, but only God can bring revelation. Ephesians 1.17, you receive wisdom and revelation knowledge that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. He said, I want your understanding enlightened, but if you don't put the word in, I can't do it for you. Amen. So let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark 4.13. Mark 4 is a good chapter. He's, it's around that time in Mark 4 and Matthew 13 when he started to speak to them in parables. Up until then, he didn't. He spoke plainly. Spoke plainly about the kingdom of God, but they weren't getting it. So he started to lay a parable. Parable, one thing laid alongside of another thing so that you can compare the two, right? So, so Mark 4.13 says, then he, and again, the Passion Translation. Then he said unto them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? So what do you, so, but there should be a clue there for me. I should clue in and think, this is the most important parable he ever spoke. And he said, I won't even understand any of the other ones if I don't know this one. So perhaps I should spend the next few months studying this one. Just this one. Don't need to fill up myself with more information. I need more revelation. Don't need more information. Bring me some new stuff. Bring me some new stuff. No, do the stuff you know. <laughs> but it's true. We're looking for something new. Scratch my ear. Give me some new revelation. It won't be a revelation until you act on it. See, you can get all the information you want, but until you act on it, until you really say, I just want to be where you are and your heart's crying out for God. I want to be where you are. I just want to be close to you. I've had enough of this sin-sick world. I want to be where you are. Where is that? Ephesians 2.6. Seated in heavenly places in Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name is named, knowing this world, but that which is to come. Whew. It's a good seat. No, but just think about it. All you got to do is take your seat. Being seated takes no effort whatsoever. Staying in the seat, well, you know, I know the, the, the old man likes to rise up in the coffin. I, I've experienced that just yesterday, as a matter of fact, but. That's another story for another time. Okay. If you don't understand this parable, I say, we understand this parable. He said, let me explain it. Let me explain it to you. I want to break it down for you. The farmer sows the message of the kingdom. What falls on the beaten path represents those that hear the message. You get so excited on a Sunday morning. But then on the way home, you get a flat tire. Something happens immediately. Something happens immediately to steal the seed. I believe in, you know, I remember the first time I ever taught for healing. I had to stop in, I, I turned green. I was on my way to, to Christian View Church in Halifax. I turned green. I hadn't been that sick, puking out on the side. Anyway, I don't need to share that with you. But, but I had to go and preach and when I went to preach the healing, the amazing thing was, by the time I was halfway through, the healing manifested. But what am I saying? 
whenever you step out for God, if you're not getting any opposition, maybe you're going in the wrong direction. If he's not opposing you, then you're not much of a threat to him. But if he's opposing your every move, you're a major threat to him. Yeah, but you don't know what I do for a living. It's got nothing to do with what you do for a living or anything else. You can change the world from, from a prayer position. You can change the world by confessing the word of God out in the atmosphere when nobody hears it. Because it doesn't return unto him void, it prospers, it accomplishes what he sent it into the earth to do. Every word that's ever been spoken on this planet is still out there. So make sure you're saying the right stuff. Come on, get, get militant. Say, I'm going after the devil. I, I, you know, especially Halloween coming up and he's got these big scary faces. He's a mouse with a microphone. Just a little mouse with a big mouth. Eh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. And he gets all these demon gargoyles and all that kind of stuff to make you go, oh. Every day, every single day, the media is filling you full of lies. If you want to hear the truth, just do the opposite of what they're telling you. But what God says here through the apostle, through Mark, actually, let me explain. The farmer sows the message of the kingdom. What falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the message, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it down from their hearts. Through, you know, things that happen. Yeah. And what is sown in the gravel represents those that hear the message and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root. Again, Luke 6, 47 to 48. He said, the man that built the house on the rock was like a wise man that he dug deep and laid a foundation. What does that mean? He dug into the word of God and, he, and the foundation is Christ. The rock that followed them was Christ. He said he kept digging in that until he built his life on that. And then hurricane, whatever kept coming, but you couldn't knock that house down because it was founded on the truth. Sunk a deep root. Now, come on. He talks about that in Colossians chapter 3 too, that you would be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints the bread, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge so that you can be filled with the fullness of God. He said, if you're rooted and grounded in love, knowing that he loves you, that's what he said. If you're rooted and grounded in love, you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. What does that look like? Well, I see this piece of human rubble hanging off a tree outside the city gate at Jerusalem. Isaiah said he was reduced to human rubble. Married beyond human recognition, chapter 52 says. And so when I look at that, you know, then you, then you can go through stuff. Because, you know, you know you're going to go through stuff, right? You know what he told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Cast down but not destroyed, perplexed but not in despair. That was Paul the Apostle. We say, and you're not supposed to make those kind of confessions. You're a, you're a faith person. You're not allowed to confess that. Well, he did. He said, let me tell you what we went through so that we can tell you about the goodness of God. 
He said, and he said, here's what you don't know. He said that these things that happened to me were for my benefit. The devil meant them for her, but they were for my, my good. He said, these light afflictions, light. What do you mean that's light? Well, how long have you been on this earth so far? You're going to live for eternity. So even if you had to go through some, you know, some struggles while you're here, in the light of all eternity, who gives a rip? Who gives a rip ministry? Right on, right. Tell you, glory to God. He said, these light afflictions. Read about what he went through and, and see if you could call it light. But they are if they push you in. If they push you out, it's not good. But if they push you into the presence of God, and I know he doesn't do it, he said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He didn't say for everything give thanks. You don't thank him for, you know, a train wreck. <laughs> but in the middle of it, you give him thanks because you, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it's not coming near you. Only with your eyes you'll see the reward of the wicked when it comes. Amen. So we're not getting very far here, though, are we? But their hearts fail to sink a deep root, and so they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately will, they wilt and fall away. And what is sown among the thorns now, here, here's, here's a big thing for the world we're living in today. That which is sown among the thorns represents those that hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the message so that it produces nothing. All he's saying, and, he, and what he said in Matthew chapter 6 is he said, all of, he said, if you'll seek me, all the things that the Gentiles are after, they'll just be added onto you. He's saying, you don't have to seek them. If you'll seek me, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, these other things, like he said in Deuteronomy 28, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So you're not chasing the blessing. There's a blessing chasing you down the road. Matter of fact, the Bible says his grace abounds toward you. He gives you the picture of somebody running with full tilt, abounding toward you. So don't run them. Every now and again, just stop and let the blessing catch up with you. But the, the seed that's sown in good soil represents those that open their hearts to receive the message and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, some 60, and even a hundredfold. That's his will for every one of us. But again, Third John 2, beloved, I pray above all else that you will prosper that you will be in health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions prosper. How does that happen? By renewing your mind by the Word of God. Just know, but just know, always remember this. When you wake up in the morning, I don't think right. I need to change the way I think. I need to think the way God thinks. How will I know when it's working? Because I'll talk the way He talks. You know, in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Spoke the Word. Genesis 3, Adam created excuses. It wasn't my fault. It was the woman in, that you gave me. So don't create excuses. Use the Word of God to, to make the right choices for your life. It's not about chance. 
It's about choice. It's not about chance. It's not. It's about choice. Well, I just didn't get a good lot in life. I, look, do you know anybody that was born with with a silver spoon in their mouth? Well, I I really don't. I've had some plastic spoons, but never. But even if you did, come on. I remember one time Scott Neri, when he was pastoring here, he was telling me about this woman, like he was a massage therapist back in back home in Charlotte, and he said this one woman, fifty million bucks, and every time he would go over to be, you know, to to give her the treatments, she would break down and cry, and say, "My life is so worthless." Yeah, but what can we learn from that? Things don't do it. Relationship with God and relationship with other people is really what matters. Loving, who's that? Who's the Gaithers? Loving God and loving each other. That's a good song. I don't particularly care for their style of music, but we'll leave that alone. Okay. Sorry, Bill. Gloria. I used to watch once in a while when Marlon's mom was still alive and on there. Mylan's mom was 92 when she went home to be the Lord. And one day, he was following her home from the, from the studio. And uh, she crossed, she realized she was passing her exit. She crossed five lanes of traffic to get to her exit. And Mylan said, that's it. When I get home, I'm, I'm calling the cops. I'm taking her license away from her. Mylan said, well, I've been taking, God said, Mylan, I've been taking care of her all these years. You think you can do a better job than I can? For those of you that had some Gerald Roy experiences on motorcycles. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. We'll close over there in the book of Ephesians. I was bragging on Justin to Paul Wilson yesterday. Is it okay if I brag about you in public? Because I'm going to do it anyway. No, but I was thinking about what it, because man has been neutered in North America. Totally neutered. Oh, anyway, oh, he's a chauvinist. No, I'm not. I just I know I know God's order of things. I see the system, and I see it sadly broken. But with Justin, I saw I, I see him every Sunday. He's out there with his kids, being super dead, and taking them out over in the field, or buying them some delicious food. <laughs> While Ashton's in here working to bring praise and worship to you with Joey and Paul and them doing all that. and But then, last week when he got up and, and he was getting ready to preach and, and Ashton wasn't thinking she was finished, he, he just stopped her right away. And I thought, now see, that, no, but I just thought that is, he, he, that's a man that knows. It wasn't rude or anything or unmannerly. It just it knows his position and knows what time it is. Amen. No, but I admire those things. Don't you? When you see somebody walking with such integrity. Yeah. It's like I think about John and Annette Lyons sometimes. I'm thinking, dear God, they have been doing <laughs> Kim McDonald over there in the corner, hiding over there in the corner, been serving God. I came crawling into the kingdom. And some of these guys were already there. Uh, John and Annette weren't, but they weren't too long behind, I don't think. And so those things speak volumes to me. And I know that God said, I'm not unjust to forget your faithfulness. And so 
I'm not going to heaven until I see these guys get their socks blown off with blessings. Amen. Yeah. And then people walk by you and say, where'd you get that shirt? No, I know a preacher, they walked by and said, he was wearing a Rolex and said, what are you doing with a Rolex? He said, I didn't pay as much for my Rolex as you did pay for your Timex. He said, somebody gave me this Rolex because I tithe and give offerings. You had to go and buy the whole Timex. (laughs) No, but it's, it's, again, choices, not chances. Choices, not chances. Where you are today was as a result of all the choices that you made so far. And so, yeah, but that's the good news is Moses didn't even get started until he was 80. Glory to God. How much, how much future do you have? And then, then the Bible says that what he did for Abraham, he'll do for you. He's no respecter of persons. Abraham was getting married again at 125 years old. Now, you might laugh and think that's ridiculous, but I'm telling you, there's going to be Major youth renewal coming in the body of Christ, too. People will be astonished by it. Come on, Sarah's 90 years old, and a guy wants her in his harem. Is he nuts? Huh? I want that woman for my harem. (laughs) She didn't look like that, did she? Okay, help me, Lord. Let's just do this one little thing here. Ephesians 5.14. Hallelujah. If you knew how much he loved you, you'd hug yourself. Exactly. Ephesians 5.14 says, The scripture says, Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from your coffin, and the anointing one will shine his light on you. What it says in the King James is, Arise and wake up from among the dead. And what he was saying was, I walked by and I couldn't tell if you were dead or asleep. And he was talking to the church. So the book of Ephesians is the church at Ephesus. And it had 100,000 people in it. It was a very successful on the outside looking church. But this is what he's saying. Wake up. Rise up from among the dead and Christ will illuminate your life. So be very careful how you live. Be very careful how you live. Don't be like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. How many of you know that? In the last days, perilous times shall come. In the last days, politicians will be as dumb as stumps. No, but don't you feel bad for them? They, they're they well-educated. They, they're making the stupidest decisions you ever heard in your life. And you're thinking, how could anybody that be that dumb and still breathe air? But it's because of the principalities and the powers and the rules of the darkness and the spiritual wickedness. We get upset with the puppets, but it's the puppet master that's doing what's going on. And the puppet master is about to get his strings cut. And the very God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The very God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Not somebody else's feet, your feet shortly. So just give it a little wiggle. And practice. Practice a little. Amen. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. In other words, what he's saying is spend your life for his purposes. Now that doesn't mean that you don't spend time with your family. And that doesn't mean that you don't go and work 
and do what you're supposed to do. It's like when he said, pray without ceasing. It's impossible. What he meant was have a lifestyle of prayer. And he may, you know, can you imagine trying to carry on a, a conversation with somebody? I can't talk to you right now. I'm praying. <laughs> I got to pray without ceasing. No, you got to understand what he's saying. He's saying, make prayer your lifestyle because the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah, he said, was a man just like you. No, he is worse than you. Read his life. A hairy man in a leather garment, sound like a hell's angel. And he destroyed the prophets of Baal, and then the next day ran from, a, from one woman. One woman chased him out of town. Her name was Jezebel. You might have heard of her. And we can get upset with Jezebel, but the fact is Jezebel wouldn't have existed without Nahab. The man was not in the right place in his house. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when he couldn't get Naboth's vineyard, he went and crawled in bed and cried. <laughs> this was a king in bed crying because he couldn't have what... <laughs> I know you've never done anything like that, but I'm just saying this guy was a mess. And that's why his wife became such a mess, because he wouldn't man up. And again, man up, it says treat the woman as the weaker vessel. I know from watching births of babies, it doesn't mean it literally. But I, but I also know that she's my helpmate, and I need to honor her in the things that we do together. And sometimes when she tells me something, it's the last person in the world I want to hear it from. Too close to home. I need some prophet to fly in and tell me this, not you. <laughs> no, but the reason why she's next to you, matter of fact, one of the words for helpmate is pillar in the, in the temple. The same word used for the pillar in the temple. In other words, she was taken as a rib to let you know she's your support and that you can't stand up without her. You need, so, so again, don't think I'm, I'm, he's a chauvinistic pig. No, I'm not. I, I love people. So take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes and don't live foolishly for then you, because if you don't live foolishly, you'll have discernment to understand God's will and don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, look at this, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's Isaiah 28, 12. He said, with stammering lips and another tongue, I'd speak to these people. He said, this is the rest, this is the refreshing. It's not the big vacation you need, because when you go on a vacation, you usually try to jam so much stuff into it that you come back and need a vacation from your vacation. But there is a place where you can go anytime. You know, you can go anytime. I remember when I first I got hired on as the production planner for the Halifax Shipyards, and it was the funniest thing in the world because I was the village idiot. I literally, when I would come to work in the morning, people would wait to see what kind of condition I was coming in, and I would go to my locker room, and I had bennies on this side and barbiturates on this side, and I could get marijuana down at the pool, the tool crib, and rum over at the, you know, it was that that was my life, and so then after I got saved. I heard the Lord say, I want you to put in the, for a position of production planner. Production planner is the guy that's over everything. I had a glass house, up an office, 
up in the ceiling, up in the rafters, looking down on the assembly shop on this side and the plate shop on that side. It was crazy for me to be up there. And people knew it. <laughs> it was like, how did you get up here? And then they'd, I'd walk by and they'd say, you are loved. I mean, they, they mocked the Christianity a little bit. But I remember being up there because what I had to do was I had, I had a, a bathroom of my own, thank God for the bathroom, that I would go, I would have to go maybe sometimes every 15 minutes and read a psalm or pray just to get my head. My head was hurting because it had been in neutral for 12 years. And so everything was a step and everything was a struggle for a while. But when I left that position, they had to hire not one, not two, but three people to replace me. Am I breaking on me? I'm telling you what the Bible did, not what Gary did. Gary was the guy that was crawling into the office, you know, but God took his word and transformed the way I saw things. Amen. So he'll do it. He'll, and he, come on. He said, instead, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Your hearts, look at this. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, how will I know? How will I know when I'm full? How will I know when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, Lord? Well, he said, your hearts will overflow with a joyful song. Your hearts will overflow. How am I going to know when I'm full of the presence of God? Well, in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand pleasures forevermore. There are indicators. And how do I get there? Just He's just telling you, don't get drunk of wine, but he's keep going after the Holy Ghost. Keep going after the Holy Ghost till you can't even stand up anymore. Singing songs with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always giving thanks to the Father for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanking him for every person that he comes into your life. Why? Because some people are a blessing and some people are a lesson. Right? And sometimes you can't tell for a little while. You're going to hang out for a little while to find out. <laughs> we hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.